0: Man, if you'll grab your Bibles, we have been studying the book of Genesis. And we're going to take a a break, but we're going to tie in Genesis and the flood with Mother's Day and Galatians 6. So if you'll go to Galatians 6, the reason why I chose this is because it is on discipleship. And this is what mothers do. They disciple their children. Disciples, where we get the word discipline. And so, yes, the mothers are using the soft side of love as well as the hard side of love to reach their children for Christ. So let us go. We're going to actually read the whole chapter. So let us go ahead and hear the word of God. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual, should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything what counts is a new creation peace and mercy to all who follow this rule even to the israel of god finally let no one cause me trouble for i bear on my body the marks of jesus the grace of our lord jesus christ be with your spirit brothers amen May God bless the reading and hearing of his holy word. As we prepare to hear the word of God preached, let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand his word. Let us pray. Our heavenly Father, you who know the hearts of all men, we ask you, O God, to send your spirit to illumine our hearts, to bring us out of darkness into your marvelous light, that your truth would set us free the way you designed it, to bring us from suppressing the truth and unrighteousness to obeying the truth and coming to you in a new and glorious way. Father, we are so grateful that you save sinners. And we're grateful for how you use mothers to instruct us in your word and to bring us to salvation. Bless our mothers. Bless the preaching and hearing of your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In your holy name we pray, amen. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Perseverance, brothers and sisters, this is a great trait of mothers, persevering in doing good. We see that in the very heart of this concept is a death to self. Mothers have to die to their own needs and desires to meet the needs of their children. We see this by God's very um, design in childbirth. And it actually starts before childbirth when they get pregnant. When you are inside your mom and you cause them all kinds of problems. Let's start with morning sickness. How hard is it for a mother to deal with morning sickness and all the smells and the things that cause them to not keep everything in their stomach. And then the mother has to go through all these changes in her body. And then next comes the birthing process. And we all know how hard that is. Giving birth is dying to self. It's a hard path, but in the end there's a reward. There's a promise. There's a child. And yet the hardship doesn't end there. The motherhood has to persevere through all the cryings and changing diapers and feedings and nursing. And then there's toddlehood when they start exerting their will and all the whys and no, and I'm not doing that in tantrums. And yet mothers persevere through it all because it's a worthy calling an important calling, a calling that our nation depends upon because motherhood in the ins and outs of what seems mundane is so important in molding the child to either go the way of the world or the way of Christ. Yes, motherhood is a hard path, but it's a good path. And in it, mothers must persevere And we, who all have mothers, must be grateful for all their sacrifice. We must show our mothers and honor them. And that's why this holiday is a good one. It is good that our country has set a day aside to honor mothers because we must have gratitude for their sacrifice for us. And let us not... Grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So, what does it mean to do good? What is good? Well, God's word tells us what is good. And in the passage that we read for the law of God reading, it talks about discipling, teaching our children the law of God. So, not only do we deal with our own sin, but then we deal with the sins of our children. And the naughtiness, I had one parent, I was um, watching, remembering my own childhood and my own naughtiness, and a parent reminded me that, yes, you were naughty, and that when a child is being naughty, we need to point it out, because we have a responsibility to overcome our own naughtiness. And I think of my own mother and how all those life lessons, which maybe at the time my mom did not know, she was making a huge impact on me it was. She'd sing those songs, told you about the obedience song, while well, she'd also do the temptation song. When she saw her little boy about to get into trouble, when I'm tempted to do wrong, make me steadfast, wise and strong. Teach me to do what's kind and true. Show me what I ought to do. Those songs are still with me. Mothers, I want to encourage you. You do not know what impact you're having on your children. But persevere in doing good. Keep teaching your kids right and wrong, even when it feels like you're pulling your hair out and nothing's getting through because God promises that it will be there. Your child might kick against it and scream against it and fight against it, but it's there. Your love for your child is there and it will stay with them the rest of their life. Mothers, persevere in doing good. You are doing a good work. In order to do this good work, we have to die to self. You really do. You have to die to your own desires. In verse 14 of our text, it says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. That's what it means, brothers and sisters. We Christ was crucified for us And then we are crucified and we die to the world and our own desires and our own comfort as we love and care for another. And this is the example Paul gave us. He says, I've been crucified and I to the world so that I no longer long for the things of the world. And this is what our text is teaching us that we want to train our children to not be attracted by the temptations of the world, but to know that it's a bill of goods, it's a deception, it looks good, it feels good, and we think it's wonderful. And then eventually we realize we've been conned. We should have listened to our mothers. We should have said no to the world and walked in the ways of Christ. And this is the beauty of God's redemptive plan, that even though we stray God brings us back in a loving way. And so God's given us wisdom on how to deal with this. And this is what mothers do to help their children come to repentance. It says, brethren, if a man or your child is overtaken in any trespass, any sin, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And this is the key, isn't it, parents? We get tempted to feel hurt by our children, We get tempted to get angry and walk in the flesh. And the Bible warns against that. It warns that there's a right way to restore our children. And that when we see their sin and we point it out and we correct, it's in a spirit of gentleness, a spirit of meekness, meaning it's strength under control. You are firm in your conviction. You say, this is right, this is wrong. But the strength is under control. And you lovingly help your children to do what is right. You restore your child. The whole purpose of discipline is restoration. If a child is going in the wrong direction towards the world, the word repent is about faith. It's a military term. And your goal is to get your child to then go in the ways of Christ. And that means you want to develop this nurturing atmosphere. You want your children to love to be around you and to be home. They know that they are loved. And in order to do that, we have to die to self and our own desires so that we can then help our children to not want the world, not want their sin, but to want Christ. And so we have to restore them. So after we discipline our child and show them what's right, we restore them. We say, now you've been restored. You are now right with your parents. You're now right with God. We don't leave a wall there with them. We tear that wall down and we come back into fellowship and say, you've been forgiven. What a great concept. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, He deceives himself, but let each one examine his own work and then he'll have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Mothers, it's so important to follow these principles. The Bible warns about comparing. Many times we deal with mother guilt because we look at someone else and we think they have it all together and I'm just a total wreck. And it's a lie. Each God has each of us in a different situation. Each of us have different gifts. And our goal is to do the best that we have with what God has given us. And don't think you're not measuring up. The only measuring up you want to do is before Christ. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what God's called me to do? And if the answer is yes, then you are right with God. You are following him and should be encouraged. And I just caution you against this this guilt that just is not from the Lord. You are doing an important work and God wants you to be encouraged and Satan wants you to be discouraged. Satan wants to take you out. Why? He wants your children. He wants to corrupt them. He wants to destroy them. But you know what? You're their protection. You're their umbrella to keep them from Satan. The Bible says that if your children stay under you and they obey you, the devil can't get to them. But when children choose to disobey and get from under that umbrella of protection, then the devil can get to them. So our goal is to work hard to help our children realize their own need for Christ and that God's given them parents to protect them in the spiritual warfare. And that's what we see at the very end of this principle. Each one bears his own load. Mothers, you are teaching your children personal responsibility for all their actions. No matter what they're doing, they take personal responsibility. I know my mother did that to me. There's many times where I wanted to blame my sibling about something that got broke. And my parents my mother in particular. No, Thomas, no, nope, it's no one's fault but your own. You made that choice. Now, true, my brother helped when we shattered the antique vase that had been in the family for over 100 years. But I made a choice. I couldn't blame my brother. He's the one who smashed it. I just dove out of the way. I had to learn personal responsibility for my actions. And my mother helped me do it. We each bear our own load. But I guarantee you, I gave my mother plenty of gray hairs. She had three rambunctious boys bouncing off walls. But she persevered in doing good. And in order to do that, she had to die to self. She had to die to her own comfort, and she had to help us do what is right. We've been studying a lot about Noah and the flood. That is actually a picture of dying to self. Can you imagine your whole world turning upside down? That all the world that you're about to know is going to be wiped out. And you've got to go get on an ark with a bunch of animals. And we all know how stinky it is. Think about your barns and if you had to be in there for a year and 10 days. Yeah, I don't even think they could open the window. At least for 40 days and 40 nights. But that was a picture of Noah and his family dying to self, getting in there, getting into a pit, almost like experiencing Hell. You're in there and you're suffering, but you're being saved. And you have a promise of a new world, of a new life. But you have to get through that process of dying to self. You have to get through the hard points of raising your kids because you know there's a glorious picture. There is hope. There is a reward at the end if you persevere in doing good. And that is children who love the Lord, children who want to do what's right, children who love their parents. The key to revival at the end of Malachi, which John the Baptist fulfills, is turning the hearts of the parents to their children, the hearts of children to their parents. Jesus talks about this concept of dying to self as the cost of discipleship. He says in John Chapter 12, verse 23. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man shall be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but it dies. And when it dies, it produces much grain. Mothers, as you die to self, you are producing much grain. Rain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You have a great reward. You have spiritual riches that await you for your faithfulness. You have the time when you enter into glory and you hear your Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Way to persevere. There's two types of deaths the Bible talks, renouncing all of our thoughts and affections, death to self, so we can live by the Spirit, killing off our old man. And the second one is death to self in respect to the world, the world behind me, the cross before me, and this is a heavenward word. Focus, And so the Bible says we should all be focusing on heaven when we endure the hardships of this life. John Calvin, the great theologian, puts it this way. We must endure being judged worthy of death and completely beaten down in accordance with God's good pleasure, some bearing hardships and endless sicknesses, which will be for them daily reminders of death, others enduring cold and hunger and such poverty that they do not know what will become of them. Right in the middle of this text about God's sovereignty in Romans 8 is this death to self. Paul puts it this way. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, this is from Psalm 484 about us dying to self. For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. So we are all sheep. We're going in the slaughter. This is dying to self. Right in the middle and then it comes back, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is the motivation we have when we're going through those hard times when we have to persevere in doing good, when we want to quit, when we are discouraged, when we want to give up, it's focused on heaven. Maybe you're tempted to give up if your child's gone wayward. Let me encourage you with Monica. Monica, the great Monica. Monica raised her child for the Lord, but her husband didn't know the Lord. She endured a lot of abuse from her husband, a lot of ridicule. But she kept on doing the hard things. She kept on keeping on. She taught her children the ways of the Lord. And yet her oldest, her oldest decided to rebel. Her oldest decided that he wanted the world. He loved to party. He loved to sleep around. He loved the pleasures of the world. So that's what he pursued. Monica's heart was broken. He wouldn't. She would stand loyal to God. She wouldn't help him in his sin, if she if he wanted his girlfriend to spend the night. She said no, no, no. She pursued purity. But boy, what a broken heart. But you know what Monica did? She listened to her pastor. Her pastor said, Monica. Stop talking to your son and talk to your heavenly father. Persevere in doing good. Your son already knows it all. Your son is a super intellectual. Your son has it all down. Only God can change his heart. So get on your knees and pray and never lose hope to the day you die. And so here was Monica on her knees for hours upon hours upon hours pleading to God in heaven who has the power to change any heart. Please change my son's heart. God heard that prayer. St. Augustine was in the garden one day. And he heard these children saying, open and read, open and read. And he goes in and he sees a Bible already open. And there it is, open to Romans 13 about the pleasures of the world and about how the Bible is calling us to put to death self, to not love the things of the world, but to love the things of God. And right there, St. Augustine was convicted, and there he put on the Lord Jesus Christ and committed himself to make no provisions for the desires of the flesh. For Augustine writes in his journal that he knew everything. It wasn't a matter of reaching his intellect. He already knew what his mother had taught him. But it was the work of God's Holy Spirit that he needed to break him of his rebellion and the perseverance in prayer that his mother did to save him from his sins. St. Augustine writes about his mother's care for his soul in the book that he wrote called Confessions. Even as a boy, I had heard of eternal life promised to us through the humility of the Lord our God condescending to our pride. And I was seasoned with his salt, even from the womb of my mother, who greatly trusted in you. Mothers, persevere in doing good, for in due season you will reap. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for the power of your word. We are so grateful for your spirit that comes and changes us. And we are grateful for our mothers. We are grateful for their perseverance in doing good. We are grateful for them teaching us the ways of the Lord, the truths of your world. That is the truth that sets us free versus the deceptions and lies of the devil that promise so much and never deliver. Father, encourage us, encourage all our mothers. May they renew themselves in this important and great work that they are doing, that they would see that as they persevere in doing good, in due season, they will reap. In your holy name we pray.